from one. They're lining up on the inside. And it's over! Hocock very keen to get into the action. Oh, and a big tackle! Hello everyone and welcome along to another hit of the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast. I'm Sean Maloney, joined in our flash Happy Days news studio by Waratah's player and legend of the game, Dave Dennis, legends of the world of journalism, Sam Worthington and Christy Doran. Men, I go away for a couple of weeks and I come back and we're in like a saloon in here. This is delightful. Yeah, this is where we've been talking to you down the line from uh, Las Vegas, Vancouver. You've been sounding a bit scratchy there, so it's nice to hear you back in, in full colour, full full volume. It's good to be. It's good to be back. We, and we all get our own chairs too. Yeah, which is nice. Oh, it's a the hell of a thing. Of, the days of sitting on the tables during the Rugby World Cup are gone. Dark, dark days. Gone, yeah. gone, gone. Well, I tell you what. Let me just quickly get into Vancouver for a second. One of the best cities in the world. If you've not been there, get there, Vancouver. And the sevens at the weekend. The Aussie men's team finished third, defeating Fiji in the three-four playoff. Just went down against New Zealand in the uh, Cup final qualification. Played for the first time ever under the roof. Downtown Vancouver, 35,000 screaming people both days. One of the best sporting events I've ever been to. So it's there for a long time, isn't it, Sean? Oh. Uh, what was it, 60-odd thousand over, over two yep. days? Great rugby. Under the roof, so the skills were high. Uh, oh. The standard was high as the, the Sevens is naturally getting better and better each tournament, isn't it? And, and the Aussies as well. I think uh, we've talked a lot about the women's and how, well, how much they're dominating the circuit. It's great to see the men. Um, you know, lost the final in Sydney, lost the final in Vegas, and, and third beating a strong Fijian team in uh, in Vancouver. So uh, you must be loving it, mate. But uh, hating hating probably being back in Sydney. Oh, it, was <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> it was good. And let me tell you why else it's good in Vancouver. You can get yourself to the snowfields if that's your thing. They do night skiing. You get a city bus. So forget just getting the you know the one four four from uh, Town and Bagala, for example. Uh, this cheaper two dollars seventy five from downtown to the foot of Grouse Mountain. You're in the mix. You've got your snowboard, your skis on. And the other thing I want to throw up there, for any of you who have not been to Vancouver, are thinking about getting there, the delicacy. The mm. local delicacy, it's called a Japa dog. J-A-P-A-D-O-G, a Japa dog. It's a Japanese... It doesn't sound healthy. Moon dog. It's, Is it a moon dog? It's what moon dogs would eat <laughs> because it's a Japanese take on the hot dog. So oh, well. it's this amazing uh, pork, your dog's pork. Mm. And then you're on the, the most incredible soft roll, crispy on the outside, soft on the inside. And then they garnish it with like a teriyaki mayo, some fried onions, some um, seaweed. I'll blow your mind. Japa dog. Seaweed. Mm. Get one in here. Washed, washed down with the peach snaps. Uh, isn't, or that, isn't that the goal? On the, I drank on the a lot of fireball over there. I drank ooh, a lot of ooh, cinnamon whiskey. Cinnamon whiskey. Drank it by the, by the bottle. Did that help or hinder your snowboarding ability? Oh, How did you go? <laughs> You get up? Oh, no. It's, uh, snowboarding's hard graft. Mm. When you fall off, it's not the luxury of surfing. You get hit with baseball bats. You know mm. what I'm saying? When you fall off in the snow, unless it's powder off the board, oh, I was black and black and blue. I'm a, I'm a big toboggan man, I think. Just, you know, cool sit, running sit style. On my, <laughs> sit on my bum and slide down. That's the best way I get down a mountain, I reckon. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard going. But I tell you what, it was, a, uh, it was a hell of a two weeks. And next two stops for the Aussie men's team will be Hong Kong and Singapore. This Aussie men's team... 
like you touched on, DD, cup finals, cup finals, cup finals. They hadn't done that. The last time that happened was I did the numbers. It was over ten years ago. It was a long thir- it was thirteen. 13 years. No, it was thirteen years ago. Between th- um, it was thirteen years ago. You're right. And it was fifteen years uh, since they went three straight cup final wins. But thirteen years it's been since three straight cup semi final appearances. What, what do you put it down to, mate? You reckon? Because the thing that surprised me as well, they've actually gone through this period resting players as well. Yeah. Which is even more impressive, you know. Ed Jenkins staying home. I think Cam Clark missed one of the legs there. Um, so their depth seems to be unbelievable, and it's going to be it's going to be tough on a lot of guys when it comes to Rio there's in terms of be, missing out. There's so going to be some uh, high quality players who Alan Falavalu. He's my uh, favourite. Yeah, Did I get the pronunciation? There's a lot of A's. There's a lot of apostrophes. Uh, apostrophes there. Can you spell it, mate? Let's put you on the spot. Seven yeah, I can specialists. actually. F A apostrophe A L A V A apostrophe A U. You've smashed Sounds that. Sounds about right. Yeah. Hell of a player. He, he, he'd be, for, for yeah, he'd be one of my first picks in that squad. Yeah. I'd have yeah. him, Cam Clark. Low centre of gravity. Just busts through people. Excellent so you player. Get, you get a gig to Hong Kong, mate? And yeah, I'll do both uh, those leagues. That'd be good. Hong Kong, Singapore. You can come across with me if you want. Oh, I'll see what my schedule's like. We might be up there in Tokyo, you around could, that area. You could be. Shawnee, before be. we move along, what's your assessment been of, of, of Quaid? Two, two tournaments he's had now? He has moments in those games, in the sevens game, where he gets obviously so much more time than he does in 15s. And it's sparkling. It's stunning. It's incredible. On the flip side to that, there are a few things that crept into his game. And, and I'll go to the game where Australia played Canada and lost at the weekend and um, aimlessly kicked up the middle of the park when he didn't need to or up at the time. Canada ended up coming back and winning the game not long after doing that. So there are moments that he's throwing into his game where you kind of go... Mate, that's like not what you do in sevens. Um, but yeah, to counter that, there were some sparkling, sparkling moments. Because Louis, Louis Holland's taken those playmaker reins and he, he's gone to another level actually since Quaid's committed, hasn't it? It's, they're, they're it's quite uh, di- lit a fire under him. They're quite different in the way that they play. Louis Holland's very direct. He, he likes to take the ball to the line, whereas Quaid will take and pass. Um, Louis will take to the line and, and he's happy to take it into contact, whereas Quaid will look to pop. So a little bit different in, the, in that sense, but Louis Holland was, uh, was very good Impressive, in yeah. Canada as well. There's an interesting uh, chat that Christy had with uh, Ed Jenkins as well um, recently about the potential of Sean McMahon or Liam Gill coming into that Olympic team because the one thing the Aussie team maybe lacks is that big breakdown presence. What do you what do you think, Shawnee? No, You're shaking your head. No, you're not, I, I, you're not I happy. don't. I, no, I just don't know that they need it. I mean, <laughs> they've got such power in the in the channels. Sevens is very structured. It's loose, but it's obviously quite structured too with your channel. So quite often you use a big ball runner up your zero to fifteen meter channel on the near or far side. Um, so you got likes of Sam Myers who gets them trucking forward every time. Big unit, and off the back of that, he's getting metres so easily that you don't really need anyone there um, to help on the clean-out. And similarly with Con Foley on the other side as well, in terms of pressuring at the breakdown, the, the guy's technique and um, their ability to get there and, and spoil is is excellent. I don't know. If, if, if McMahon, obviously with the sevens background, and Gilly's good too, obviously they're two world-class players, but I don't know that they desperately need them in there. What about you, Dave? uh, Is your your hand up for Rio? Are you available? Uh, For what role, mate? Manager or? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Water boy. Uh, Mate, I I would get absolutely gassed in sevens. (laughs) You wouldn't last two. I'd get gassed in 15s, let alone seven. And I wouldn't last two and I'm a cookie monster, so. You wouldn't last two. I'd love to go watch. It'd be great. It'd be one of the tickets I want in Rio. Don't worry about that. That and the golf. That'd be my two Mm. choice over there. I'm looking forward to seeing the Badger run round, though. Hopefully Hong Kong. He's going to play as a forward in sevens, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a big, big, strong uh, busking up in those channels. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I look at that squad and I don't know 
how beneficial it would be to the harmony and the balance of the squad. These guys have been busting their asses mm. for such a long period of time with Rio in the back of their mind. They were there to qualify. They've been in and out. Um, and, and I think no disrespect to the uh, McMahon and Gill, they've got to get picked. Like you said, those guys who are there at the moment are doing a fantastic job. And um, I think that harmony is a big thing going into a, such a big tournament like Rio. You need that connection. And a guy like James Stenard, who's yep. 34, he's been there a long time, but he's a massive part of that team and how they play. So um, you've got to consider that as well. I reckon, that, yeah, McMahon and Gill would kill it if they were picked. But I think you need a decent run in. Like they'd have to play a few tournaments. And I don't think that's going to be possible to, to actually achieve that the way things are panning Liam out. Liam Messam's a good example. He struggled massively in, in Las Vegas and had one or two decent moments in uh, Vancouver. But, I mean, he's... He's a Commonwealth Games gold medalist. He knows how to play sevens, and it, you just can't walk in and pick up where you left off. It takes time. Yeah, yeah. Artie Surveyor, to be fair, though, when he came back, played the Sydney sevens, made a huge turnover at the breakdown, and then they went on to score two really quick tries. So That collision, that collision area is becoming more and more important, isn't it, the, the big bodies, and it's becoming a bit more like 15s at the, at yeah, the breakdown it's, it's, in there. It's in no sevens. longer touch footy, yeah, it, you know, so it. to speak. It's... Uh, the Ruck's very, very important sevens now. Well, speaking of that, we'll uh, move on to the big news of today eh, with uh, David Pocock re-signing. Uh, he's going to have a study sabbatical. Does, it, does he get paid for this next year on the study sabbatical? Mardo just asked us that before, Greg Martin, whether he actually gets paid next year. Shawnee, you got any, any idea there, mate? Do you get paid? <laughs> if I didn't oh, show up to Fox for a year, I don't think they'd pay me. Nah. Great result no, if he I, does get paid. I, I imagine there's something in there to obviously keep him, uh, you know, he's coming back in 18 and 19 which is great for Australian rugby, great for the Brumbies. And um, there'd be something tying him in, but he's a pretty fair bloke, Pocock. And um, he's obviously stated his ambition still a bit of study. Um, what he will be paying is his tuition fees, I imagine. It won't, <laughs> be, uh, won't be too cheap over there at Oxford or Cambridge if that's where he decides to go. But um, no, it, it, I think it's great for him. He clearly wants to do it. Um, he said that he's been in the game for 10 or 11 years or so, so a bit of a break from professional football. And... Uh, yeah, hopefully he uh, achieves what he wants to do away from rugby and then comes back and, and then he'll be available for the World Cup in 19, which is great for Aussie rugby. You can't overstate how important his signing is. I mean, he's you know probably the world's best player at the moment and um, yeah, to, to lose him would be a, a huge kick in the guts. So, I mean, th this will just give the whole um, Australian rugby community a, a boost, won't it, for, for the next few years? Yeah, and both both sides seem to be happy. I think um satisfies what he wants to do and uh, you seem to be... Is happy, you know, like you said, they could have lost him to Wasps. There's rumours he might have gone there or things like that. So I think uh, uh, at the end of it, everyone, both sides, Pocock and the Australian rugby and the fans will be pretty happy. Good stuff. He's an interesting character. I mean, have you got to know him well? Uh, you know, obviously well, you like saying you're a bit older than him, aren't you? A fraction older than him, yeah. But I've been fortunate enough to spend a bit of time with him while he's set up. And, uh, yeah, I think just the, the thing that strikes me the most about him, mean, you do see it, the public does get to see it, he's just... Uh, how true he stays to himself in, in all all situations, whether that's on the field, uh, away from rugby, in in a uh, personal space, he's 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 true to himself the whole time. That's that's an impressive thing. Uh, you see a lot of people come into a professional environment in sport or any career really, and um, can probably get sidetracked and uh, get carried away with things a little bit. But uh, from as long as I've known Pocock, and then to this day, he seems to stay true to himself and what he believes in, what he wants, and I think that's why he appeals so so well with the uh, Australian public and um, obviously fantastic player as well. So, mm. yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, good guy to have in your team, but tough when you obviously come up against him, which we, we experienced last uh, or fortnight ago down in Canberra. He broke his schnoz over there in Perth and then came back on and played out of his skin as well. So he's, he's an absolute animal. How hard is he to shift off the ball? 
Like oh, what have yeah, you got? Th- what have you got to throw at him? Cheapy. <laughs> well, <laughs> have you not, m- not have on you my hundred ninety-eight kilos won't really shift him, but hundred ninety-eight. Uh, no, ninety-eight. No, 98. <laughs> oh, I was going to say hundred. <laughs> I was going to say my real weight, but I was trying. To, <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, the the thing with him because he's so skillful and on the ball, you've got to you got to beat him to it. Um, Ninety-nine percent of the time, if he's on the ball before you, you're not going to win it. So the, it. the challenge is to the urgency in beating him over the ball, and I think. Um, you know, that leads nicely into our focus over the last fortnight with having the bye at the Waratahs. Uh, that's an area we were disappointed in down in Canberra and our breakdown. And, and for us to play attacking rugby, like any other team, you need that quick ball and you need to win that, that chase in more than anything. Um, technique somewhat comes irrelevant if, you, if you've already won over that ball. The ball's gone before that contest even happens. So a goal like Pocock, if you're, if you're second to the ruck, you're, you're losing it majority of the time. So the urgency and the speed in is key. You mentioned uh, the bye week that you've had. It's not quite the Pocock sabbatical year off, but you've had a, a <laughs> week off. I think Izzy Falau got over there to, to Auckland with his uh, new squeeze and, and saw a bit of horse racing. Did you do anything uh, exciting like that? Not that exciting. He's, uh, he's seen the light and he started dating a netball. I've been yeah. telling him for years to date a netball. You know, uh, <laughs> That's you know, it. My partner, Monia. Were you the matchmaker? He's back to, he's back no, to I wasn't, but um, I, I can give <laughs> you some advice. I can tell you that, but... Uh, no, they were uh, Monia and Maria were great rivals over the years with the silver ferns and the diamonds. So a uh, bit of a common theme there. But uh, yeah, he, he ducked over there. He seems to be uh, in a nice little phase at the moment, if you call that, or stage, and uh, very happy. And I think yeah, he's caught at the races. And uh, yeah. he's not a big drinker or punter, Israel. So I'm sure he's just there, uh, being being. Uh, a nice boyfriend from Maria. It must uh, be helpful in a way to yeah to, to be with another professional athlete. You know know uh, what each other are going through. I imagine. Yeah, very not, much not so. to make this into a woman's a woman's day podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got to uh, yeah definitely. And, and I think you look at the silver ferns. Uh, they're massive over in New Zealand. Uh, the, it's the All Blacks and the silver ferns really in the sporting sporting side of things over there. So Maria's a big name in New Zealand and. Um, and she she'd have a lot of demands on her for for her netball and and, and away from that. So um, I'm sure they'll support each other. And who knows where it takes you? What's your number one tip for dating or being engaged for netball? <laughs> it's like the, my my number one tip is it's like netball. You have got to give them three feet <laughs> on the court or, <laughs> yeah. to, or to instruction or contact you, you, you can actually get done for intimidation on netball court. That's a penalty. Can you believe that? But I'd suggest probably give them a little bit more than three feet in your own personal life. Really? <laughs> Sometimes I give uh, Moni a sort of three Ks. I'll, <laughs> I'll duck up the Eleanor Golf Club and just make sure I'm not in that contact zone. You know? That'd a, be probably my advice. I'm no expert, but three Ks might be a bit over the top. <laughs> Stick to the rules, mate. That's what I'm saying. Because those umpires in uh, netball, they can be pretty fickle. Contact. Any, yeah. any, net, shot. any netballers in your life, uh, Christy? Uh, good, uh, good advice there from, from Dave. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a whole heap. No. Okay. <laughs> can we park that for the moment and look ahead towards Friday that. night? <laughs> You're playing against the Highlanders. Now, this is a repeat of the match last year that saw you bounce out on your ass. Lima Sobwanga Masterclass. Couple of dodgy, perhaps. No, actually, they weren't dodgy refereeing decisions. You guys went up to it last year in that final. They got you at home. Will that factor in this time around? Yeah, I've been asked this a couple of times uh, leading into the game, and I think... uh, there's a lot of guys involved in that game. Uh, big Cliffy Parlow, who's back this week starting eight, which is a great boost for us. Uh, he was out there in what was supposed to be his last game there. I think he's clapped off the field and he's back out there again, which is great. So uh, Nathan Sharp took it leaf well, out Farnham. of the Nathan Sharp farewell <laughs> tour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we're not complaining. Don't worry about that. But uh, no, there's a lot of guys who were out there experienced that that night. And I think uh, looking back on it, we'll, we played poorly and they played quite well and they're the other better team and they. Definitely deserved the win um, and, and went on to win it and showed 
show the quality of the team that they were in that final against the Hurricanes. But, um, oh, look, it was a tough way to finish. Uh, hard, hard to explain. We, we had a lot of confidence going in. We had our goal of going back-to-back, the first Australian team to do that, and we didn't quite get there. And... Uh, there's a pretty average change room after, but uh, moving forward, we've got a lot of y- young guys who come in that squad who weren't even there. 15 guys left us last year, so uh, it, it doesn't... History does play a little bit of a part, but it ultimately won't decide the result on Friday night. Um, we need to be a lot better than we were the first two rounds. That's the reality. Bet Highlanders pack, the you know, pretty unheralded guys. They're getting some reps now that they've won the title, but they don't have a single All Black in there. I mean, what, what makes them good as a pack? Oh, just like any team, they, they seem to function really well together. Their set piece is quite efficient. And um, uh, like I mentioned earlier around the ruck, they seem to get that clean ball for the blokes like uh, Aaron Smith at nine, um, obviously Sakawanga, Fekatoa, Ben Smith. When you've got those guys, four, four of your back line who are world-class players, uh, and you're giving that ball constantly on the front foot, you're going to be a successful team. And that's what their four-pack does. Um, yeah, like you said, no, no, no guys who play for the All Blacks or big names, that, so to speak. But they they are very efficient at what they do as a pack. So, and they've got great depth. I don't think they've had a lot of turnover this year in terms of their squad from last year. So, they know how they want to play, and they seem to be doing it every week. Look, the focus is going to be probably or one of the focuses anyway. Certainly at the set piece, Dano, it was last or two round or last round for you for you guys against the Brumbies, but once again against the Highlanders. Scrum time. Are you guys going to be able to? to stand up yeah well look it's going to be um until we sort out it's going to be a focus for a, a while um there's no harm to the fact that our scrum's been pretty average in the first couple of rounds and uh we're not making excuses for it we have had changes there we we uh, you know obviously lost to copia tighthead who was a key asset for us um benny robbo's still struggling a little bit with his with his fitness uh tatafu's now broken his arm so look it's going to be great uh or his wrist sorry but there's going to be a great challenge there we've got a young hooker in tolu Lato who's had some games with us, um, Angus Tarval from the Blues and Paddy Ryan. So it's, it's a whole new, it's a whole new front row in a sense, and it's going to take time. But we need to be better. You're right because uh, it has hurt us in those first couple of games. A penalty try, um, you know, a few penalties, and you just can't. You need to have a strong set piece in this competition if you're going to win football matches, and, and this will be no different on Friday. It's an interesting round, this one, isn't it? We've got full nine games, and for the first time, a lot of the cross-conference games. So I think the, all the Aussie teams are playing. There's three Aussie teams playing, Kiwi teams, one playing a South African team, and, and uh, of course, the Rebels taking on the Moondogs over in uh, Tokyo <laughs> as well. So um, it, it's going to be a real test. <laughs> test hey, they they nearly got there last week, didn't they, the old Moondogs? They did. That was they shouldn't have lost. That was 31-13. Wow. Anyway. So we'll get a sense of uh, yeah where, where each country is at after this round, won't we, which, which is uh, interesting. Yeah, and I think it's probably good for the, the fans as well to see. Uh, obviously, early on in Australia, we've seen a lot of local dogs, which are good, but it's I, I love seeing the Aussie teams go up against the Kiwi teams and the South African teams and um, really testing yourself against that uh, different style of rugby. So uh, for me, the, 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 the key, oh, the big game that I'll be interested in is, is that Brumbies versus Stormers down in Cape Town. I think um, very rarely do the Stormers lose two games at home. Lost last week to the Sharks in a close one and... Uh, the Brumbies have really set the tone this this season early, uh, three from three, and haven't looked like sort of skipping a beat. So uh, that'd be that'd be a great contest down there in Newlands for me. What games are you blokes looking forward to? I'm a Chiefs Haguarius game. I'm looking forward to that Sunday morning. You can have your cocoa and uh, and tune into that from Brian series. I think the first Super Rugby game over there, so that should be an absolute cracker. What about you two? What are you looking forward to, Christy and Shawnee? 
Oh, look, well, you can't go past Friday night's game, really, with the Tars Highland. It's going to be cracker. But, look, I think it'll be interesting as well to see the Reds and, and the Blues. A couple yep. of sides. Well, Desperate one, times. One, yeah, one win for the Blues. Uh, Reds still without one. There's going to be a lot of passion and fight there, and both teams will go into that game thinking that they're a realistic uh, chance of winning it. So, Tano Munga will be desperate to get back on the winning horse after um, a little bit of a... What, that, with that second round with all the changes and the, uh, yeah. to, to his side and obviously with the Reds playing in front of their home crowd would be desperate as well. So, yeah. Sunwolves v Melbourne Rebels. Oh, you can't go past the Sunwolves. From Prince Chichibu <laughs> Memorial mm. Stadium. What a stadium. 3.30 Saturday afternoon. That's you? You're going to be... Oh. How good is the... How good, oh. is, how good <laughs> is, the, is the rugby? I'm playing Friday night. That's perfect. Yeah. I can start 3 o'clock and go to about... 4 a.m. can't I? You can go for as long as you and want. How many games? It's Nine games a weekend. Yeah, oh, so. it's a great run, isn't it? On, yeah. on, on uh, yeah. Sean's so, home. so Saturday you've got you've got the Moon Dogs versus the Melbourne Rebels, followed by Crusaders Kings, Reds Blues. Crusaders Kings is going to get ugly. That's going to be that very, could. Very ugly. Uh, They're that not could. even is taking that in, bits. Is that in Christchurch? Not, it is. They're not oh. taking head to head bits. That, That's how bad that'll it is. That'll be a hundred. Uh, Lions, <laughs> Cheaters, Stormers, Brumbies, Hagawares, Chiefs. Hmm. Six games in a row. Oh, is that too much? No, no, no you're gonna say no. You're gonna have to go and get a. It's not. What are you gonna get? What's the dog you're getting? Back here? Japa dog. You, you get a Japa find dog. A few Japa here. dogs to get you through. Bloody hell, find that is such Manly. a good lineup. No, I want. I want to see the um, the Wolves and the Rebels because Wolves the Rebels the are cha- looking to make it three from four after. Uh, getting beat by the Bulls a couple of weeks back and the uh, Summers are going to ask some questions of the Rebs. And like you say, DD, for the first time we see uh, an Aussie side up against the Moondogs. Yeah, exciting. Ed uh, Quirk will be trying to unsettle Ed his Quirk. countrymen. Do you reckon he knows fluent Japanese by now, Ed? He'd be close. He strikes his bloke, he'd pick it up pretty quick. He's a sharp yeah. unit, actually, Quirky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, we were up there later in the year, so um, it would be interesting he's, to see how He's trimmed that hair back a bit, which is disappointed. I used the to mullet. love the, the flowing blonde locks. It's uh, No, it's not blonde. No, no it's red. It's, didn't Come it used on, to? Didn't yeah. it? No. I'm sure it's, it used to be blonde at one point. No, he makes no? The, he makes the 15, doesn't he? Yeah, he's redhead 15. He's redhead 15. My apologies to yeah, the yeah. Quirk family. Yeah, yeah, Paul no, Tito's still captain of that yeah, squad, 100%. is he? Yeah, 100%. Um, he's in there. They won't be too many changes in the redhead at 15, but yeah, for me that'll be that'll be great, and we get to see how they how they go, and then <laughs> just on the redhead 15, <laughs> yeah. the beards count because Bernard Foley, if you haven't noticed, the calm dog. I'm sure he probably doesn't listen to this podcast, but I don't want to stitch him up here, but. There's rumours that he put a black rinse through his beard. Can we, really? get, can we get confirmation on that? Oh, black beard. We might talk about it. The That's confirmation's going to come from you. So. Uh, well, he put a rinse through. Yeah. <laughs> did he? Did you, did you, but did he, you witness it? Oh, um, <laughs> Blackbeard Bernard. And there's an actually for fans out there, I think there's a Twitter handle just for his beard. Um, if anyone's, I think it's called Nard's Beard. If Is anyone that wants right? to follow Nard's Beard. And, uh, it's a thing. It, it was Nard's red. Someone maybe he's worried about slipping into the 15, the red 15, <laughs> so he dyed it black. So someone <laughs> created a Twitter handle called Nard's Beard. Nard's Beard created it. No one else created it. <laughs> <laughs> Which of your clown Waratah's teammates? <laughs> it wasn't me, but it was someone very close to Because there used to be Steve Walsh's hair. Yeah. There was a Twitter handle. Are we thinking Plotter Now might have well, been involved? No, Maybe. Plotter Now started Vampire Dave Dennis, if you want to follow that. Is that Vampire right? Vampire Dave Dennis? Yeah, what, what have you done one? to deserve uh, that? I don't know. That's huge revelations here. Been task friend for too long. but uh, 
No, Nard's beard anyway. He, I think he's a bit worried. There's a bit of too much red in it, so he put a black rinse through it. Wow. That's a fact. Huge revelations. We might have to... Do you think he'd uh, be happy to come in here and, and chat about, about the situation, Doug? <laughs> well, you can't see it. I just, I just encourage any Fox Sports commentators in the room to get plenty of interviews with him over the coming weeks. And, and he uh, make up. sure he's on, on, on TV. He's got a lot of money after his Japan contract. He'd be able to afford the best rinse in the business. Yeah. Oh. Grinching <laughs> left and right. Uh, just quickly though, I uh, I want to go back to Stormers Brumbies. We sort of we sort of skipped over it a touch. Uh, when we talk about, you say that there's there's no no real motivation taken from last year, DD, in your game against the Highlanders. I wonder if it's the same for the Stormers against the Brumbies because the Brumbies went over there last year in the first round of the playoffs and smacked them. Mm. They gave the Stormers a good old touch up at Newlands. The game was over. Joe Tamani scored Tumani a hat trick. Scored a hat trick and uh, opened up opened up on them. So I just wonder, maybe for the Stormers, does that factor in against yeah, the Brumbies? I, I think the other point that from memory they rested a lot of players or something uh, in that game. Well, the previous week. game, I think they might have. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. Ruined, they, the they, ruined the momentum. But there's a bit yeah. of criticism yeah. around that. So nah, not taking anything away from the Brumbies, they were fantastic in that game, weren't they? And uh, it was tough for them to come back and ultimately lose that that next one over in NZ. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest factor would be that they, they had a tough loss last week in Newlands uh, against the Sharks. A close game that they probably should have won. And like I said, you rarely see them drop two, two at home, which tends to be a bit of a cauldron down there in, in Cape Town. So it'd be, it'd be a cracking game. Yeah, that Sharks uh, win sort of set the South African Conference uh, on its head a little bit because we're all expecting the Stormers to probably emerge as the, the strongest team. So that, that Sharks game's shaking things up a bit. Uh, speaking of shaking things up, nice segue from myself uh, there. Eddie Jones is shaking things up um, up in England. Just completely turned what was a bit of a rabble at the World Cup uh, into, you know, the potential Grand Slam champions now. So uh, what, 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 we've just got some evidence of the rinse popped up on <laughs> on Dave Dennis's phone. And I can confirm there's more than a touch of, of ginger there. I'll pass that around the, the round table. Nard's beard, breaking news. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, mate, back to you. <laughs> back, back to that. Eddie Jones, um, I mean, we all sort of suspected that he'd do this, wouldn't we? That he would have an immediate impact, and, he, and he's done just that, Eddie Jones. Yeah, well, they, they go into the game this weekend against the, the French, don't they? When, when they, they take it out. They've already, they've already taken it. Going for the Grand Slam. They've got oh, the Six Nations. This yeah. is, sorry, I should pay a bit more attention that's up, right, up mate. north, but that's uh, right. I think that's going to be You've my You've got a lot in your plate with uh, Mr. Foley there. I'm too worried about Nard's beard, but... Um, no, I think uh, oh, he, he, it, it's a, it, he's had it, had the team for a short time, so it's hard to. Um, it could be the old new coach effect, where from all reports from the World Cup, they're very unsettled, and unhappy under under Lancaster. New voice, new coach. They're playing good, solid football. We got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, he was employed there on his on his record in terms of getting teams to. Uh, perform well under him and uh, yeah they've done extremely well Can I ask have they changed much about mm. the way they play the game has their skill set come on since the World Cup I'm asking just just throwing it out there I haven't seen every minute of every game uh, by any stretch but, but they, I don't think they've actually played particularly attractive football or even re you know haven't reached great heights on the pitch but they've done enough to win and that's the main thing I mean Eddie hasn't had much time to actually work with them yet has he and he's, he's actually when I say he's shake, shaking things up, I think he's just shaking up the mentality because he's basically picked the exact same team. There's no real differences in the in the selection or anything like that. No revolutionary game plans. I think Maro Atoje, the young uh, locker, was born in Nigeria, I think. He's 
in sensational form, and I think he's going to be a, a big draw card come the, the Tour of Australia, which is going to be an absolute cracker, isn't it? I mean, Checker versus Jones, the Ranwick Mafia. Uh, you must be pretty pumped up for that, Christy. You'll be, you'll be there at, uh, at Sydney come, come kick-off. Mate, it's going to be great. Hopefully, um, it generally is for that mid-kind of season test, uh, a sunny kind of day at Allianz, and uh, that'll, be, that'll be good Predicting fun. a sunny day? Well, it has been in the past. Few bre <laughs> breakfast beers up in Paddington, mate. Oh, right, stumble down the hill. Is that what you'd be doing? There's always a couple. Um, but you're right, though. I think what well, Chris Robshaw. I think that's really kind of interesting how he's shifted from open side to blind side, yep. and and he looks like he's uh, enjoying his rugby once again. And he was probably the only one out of the the lot that didn't kind of go under with Lancaster, I suppose. But um, I, I think, like I said, uh, you can't underestimate the the difference that a new voice, a new perspective, a new uh, just a new presence of someone else in the room can have on a football team. Um, you, you, I think, and, and the the ability of great coaches to motivate teams. I think with Checky, you've seen over the years. Although he did implement a attacking style of rugby, a winning style of rugby, uh, his strength lies in the his ability to get the team motivated and, and up for each game. And um, maybe Jones has come in there with a few new ideas around. Uh, how the team, not so much play on the field, but how they carry themselves, how they view the the, the game, and um, it's it's obviously seems to be working. So it'd be, it'd be really interesting. Uh, them coming over here in June and, and how, how they're performing once they get to that stage. Yeah, the players have all talked about how it's a more relaxed environment. You know, he's sort of treating them like adults. They're, they're allowed to have a, a beer or two if that's what they want to do during the week. He's not encouraging drinking, but he's saying, you know, treating them more like adults. And that, I think that's just relaxed the team. They've all got a bit uh, closer and tighter. And Dylan Hartley, the new captain, uh, quite an uh, abrasive character. Uh, yeah, sort of leading the way pretty well. So go Eddie. Good on him. That's probably going to do us, isn't it? Are there any, any other talking points? Sean's about to fall asleep there, I think. Oh, he's, he's done well, hasn't he? Sean's only, well. just, he's only got back from Vancouver Why this morning. So heroic effort. You're hanging You guys there. talk. I want to bring you up. So our podcast is obviously up on SoundCloud and it's also up on the iTunes store, correct? Correct. Correct, correct. So on the iTunes store, you have the luxury of being able to write reviews around. Oh, no. There's my old man reading again, has he? <laughs> you guys, I'll get you guys just to, um, I'm going to toss this up. I uh, just got back off a flight from uh, LA via Vancouver, LA home. People wearing singlets on planes, okay or not okay? Uh, oh, I think, I think length of flight and destination is key. Yeah, as long as you as long as you're looking after yourself, you've deodorized properly, and mm. it just depends on your personal sweat and hygiene levels. If you're a if you're, if you're sitting a long, next long to a guy with flight, the, yeah, long LA to Sydney, singlets and no go. That's that's my call. Yeah, this apart from the fact you get freezing cold in the cabin. Yeah, and it's not there's no like, real need for you, it. You, you you jet star Sydney to Gold Coast for a family holiday. Play singlet, on. play on long mm. haul. No singlet. How does this uh, relate to the iTunes review, man? Okay, so I just said you guys kicking that around because I'm with you. I just couldn't believe it. There's a guy on my flight today and his missus too. Two singlets. Both wearing singlets. If I was sitting next to Double it or singlet. in between singlet, singlet uh, couple, I'd be cracking it deluxe. Once upon a time, flying meant something. People would wear suits <laughs> to go flying. You're trying to go for the upgrade, aren't you? Now they're <laughs> cutting around in bintangs and yeah. Look, I, I sandals. Look, yeah. I look to dress down and uh, wear shit. shorts and comforts key, but singlet's too far. Just taking me. the piss. What's, anyway, what's wrong with a, like a um, loose fit skivvy? Nothing's wrong with <laughs> skivvy. All right, who's wearing skivvy? All right, now this. Okay, so th that this is why I throw that as a talking point up. So I've just got back. It's been a tough day. Um, and on that note, uh, this from uh, this on the iTunes store review from DJTT. This is dated 24th of Feb. Found it just the other day. Um, 
The title is just terrible. <laughs> the description is thus. If you want a real rugby podcast that actually talks about rugby for an hour, I would suggest Green and Gold Rugby, which is a really good, good podcast. podcast. We love those guys. Um, I stopped listening halfway through this potty because I just couldn't deal with the amount of off-topic nonsense these <laughs> clowns kept on bringing up. <laughs> Stick to rugby and go into some real depth and I might give it another chance. Wow. Good. Well, any, any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> that's the approach. Always, there. I think there's always two. There's two sides to that argument. That's a fair comment. But there's also the people out there want to know about the fast food options. We that may you bring have, up every week, Shorty. We have titled <laughs> it as a rugby podcast. It might yeah. be a bit misleading to people. We maybe need to change the title. Oh, you know, it'd be awesome if I sat here and asked DD about running lines and ruck work and scrums for half an hour, and you guys <laughs> chipped in. How much fun would that be to listen to? Yeah, we'd uh, we'd be battling. I don't know the first thing about forward play, so oh, uh, dearie me. Anyway, oh, well. the keeper. All, All right. right. So, what, everyone, Shawnee. so what's what's our happy listener's name? DJTT. Uh, DJTT. DJ we'll apologise, mate. We'll try and talk. I'm not apologising for anything. We'll try and talk if the occasional, like it, the occasional bit of it. rugby. DGTT. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't care for your opinion, DJTT. Uh, I do care. I do care for everyone else's opinion that is listening on and uh, enjoying our Fox Sports rugby. Rugby and rugby podcasts coming at you each week. Next week, well, Dave Dennis, you back in the chair or Stephen Hall's coming in? Oh, I don't know. He's, Tight he's selection Dave. battle. Tight selection battle. Third child. Uh, he did. Congratulations to Hall's. Daisy. 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 Lovely Daisy name. Jean. Love it. To go with Archie and Evie. Congratulations to Stephen Hall's and Daisy wife Hall's. Lara. Uh, uh, I'll see how I go. I'll have a chat with Steve. You, you guys work it out. Uh, big weekend of rugby ahead on Fox Sports. Make sure you catch it all across your dial, Channel 502. On behalf of Dave Dennis, Sam Worthington, and Chrissy Doran, it is Sean Maloney saying see you all again next time.